This is an AMI podcast. Welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Saturday. It's the 1st of April 2023. It's the weekend edition. And today we're getting into the feed box. That's what I've decided we're calling it, because that's what we called it 10 seconds before we started. It's the feed box today. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Weekend. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. <laughs> we did have one that said the weekend edition. I don't know what happened to that. Lost oh, we it. lost it. It's probably yeah, down the back of a couch or sofa somewhere. Uh, hi, Sean Priest. It's the weekend. Hooray. Hooray. Happy weekend. Happy April. Pinch punch. First of the month and all that. Oh, Fool's Day. That. Yeah, it is Fool's Day and we're here. The fools <laughs> are here. <laughs> See, we don't have to come up with some corny little joke or, you know, some kind of scam to tell the audience, oh, we're being cancelled. <laughs> hang on a minute, I'm just checking no, my emails. Just God checking emails, you, just in case. Just hang on. No, we're fine. We're fine so far. <sighs> well, I mean, in saying funny. that, though, he hasn't quite figured out how to send an email properly yet, Mr. F. So, you know, maybe. I don't believe it. Yeah. I believe in you, Mr. F. <laughs> Covering every angle. Ah, well done. Oh, do you know something? I was reading this funny story at the weekend. It is the weekend. So I was reading it today, um, which was about Amazon. <laughs> Talking about. I have yes. no idea. I haven't had enough coffee this morning. I try not to have coffee at the weekend. That's the truth. I try not to have a lot of coffee at the weekend because it just mm. it just doesn't make me feel good. Because I don't want to be lifted up the way I do during the week. I don't want to be forced into being awake. I just want to... You know, glide through my Saturday and Sunday. Forced to be awake. I mean, that should be your natural state anyway, Stephen. But, no, uh, okay. no, but you know what coffee does, right? Coffee just no, kind I of... No, I just don't drink it. And you suddenly... Uh, yeah. And then you're on. You know, that's exactly what coffee does. Yeah. And you will not prove me wrong. <laughs> As they say in the adverts. Uh, I, yeah, okay. I saw a video on Facebook Watch that said that, <laughs> that if you uh, Careful, get Dave. lots of sleep yeah. and you have cold showers... Oh. Your life will be better. Better than what? Better than it is. Uh, okay, good. I'm going to try that. I can't have a cold shower. That is terrible. Uh, everybody like, says oh. that. That's, that's exactly what the guy said in the video. He says, everyone always says, well, can I can't have a cold shower. Because if you have a cold shower, then it'll be cold. And it'll, oh, and it'll be, ah! But actually, if you well, have a actually, cold shower... Well, it's a really nice experience. No, it's no, not. It's, it's not terrible. a nice experience. No, it's not. But that's the point. It's meant to shock your body into, you know, doing stuff. Well, I mean, he, he was far more medical about it than I was, but um, <laughs> I can't remember all of it. What, you expect me to remember stuff? Oh, Maybe I should have had a cold okay. shower and I'd have been able to tell you everything. Sleep and cold showers and coffee. Beautiful. No, no, dump the coffee. That's his point. Oh, See, right. you can get rid of okay. the coffee if you do that. Red Bull instead, then. Okay. That's right. Right. Yes, exactly. Other energy drinks are available. <laughs> so, yeah, I've written this story today about Amazon, who uh, are starting to, or which I should say, are starting to flag frequently returned products that you maybe shouldn't buy. Did you see this? No. This Uh-oh. is reported by The Information. It says Amazon are w- w- rolling out a warning label on frequently returned products that will encourage consumers to check item details and reviews before making their purchase, helping customers avoid misleading or low-quality products and reducing unnecessary returns. This is a good idea. <laughs> no, this is a terrible idea. Why? Talk- well, firstly, if you're getting that many returns, take it off your storefront. What Don't, oh, don't give do us that. A- don't give us a warning. Say, hey, this is a terrible product, but we're not going to take it down. Or you can still get it the next day. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just take it away. If you're that worried and concerned about it, take it down. That is a problem, I've noticed. And, and, and uh, another thing, I always check the reviews, right? I always jump down to the headings, heading, hanging, top reviews and go through. The review system is pretty bad mm. on Amazon because some of the reviews are, are obviously talking about a different product. They seem to merge different reviews in. That's right. You think, this is actually not talking about the products I'm looking at. And then it makes you think, well, why am I even bothering with the reviews? Yeah. Yeah. No, this is a terrible idea. If you've got worries about the quality of a product, then have the, oh, I nearly said something I shouldn't have then, have the strength, Amazon, to withdraw it and take it down. Have have the manly charms to do it. Well done, you. Oh, look at you. Excellent. Yes, thank you. Years of radio. And, uh, 
balderdash. Um, so they've already apparently put some labels on a few third-party listings already. This is obviously stuff that's coming in through the third-party marketplace, which can, I guess, be problematic. Maybe they think if they take it off, they'll be... They'll be criticised, whatever they do, right? If they take it off, it'll be, well, you're denying people the chance to sell a product and how are you to decide and how do you know, you know, versus just saying, look, we're just giving you a bit of a red flag here. That might be not a bad idea in a way to do this. Yeah, but what triggers that, whatever analytics trigger that red flag, whether it be complaints and returns, I suppose it depends what the complaints are. Mm. If it's this is not true to the description, then obviously there's something going on there. You know, this is meant to be a one terabyte USB flash drive, and it's actually just a you know eight gigabyte one or whatever. Then that they should withdraw that, right? Because it's just that's a there scam is, product. There is a problem here though with Amazon at the moment because I have had this as well. I'm sure you have, where you buy something and you buy it, you get it home. Like we bought a kettle once, an electric kettle, and it was you know it had a Chinese plug on it. And we couldn't really yeah. figure out what to do. We do we buy an adapter for that? Is that safe? Can we do that? We wouldn't yes, really know I'd what never to do. Know. Yeah, that's um, right. So you think, well, okay, I could buy an adapter, but I don't really want to have a, a kettle plugged into an adapter. And you know, I just I don't know. So we sent it back, and that was fine. But again, you kind of think, should that even be getting sold in this country? I mean, why would why would you want to buy a Chinese kettle? Well, not a Chinese kettle, but a kettle. They're all, all Chinese. Probably <laughs> all kettles are Chinese. In, let's in be the honest. Country you're buying it in. Exactly. Yeah. It's like it's in the wrong place, right? So yeah, didn't make any sense. Um, although that's not to say you couldn't buy that because you might be taking it to China. You might be going, you know, back to Beijing, and you need to take a kettle with you. Although I couldn't buy one there, I don't know. Anyway, um, but yeah, just some really weird stuff. But yeah, they have already started putting some of these uh, labels on listings already. I won't name them because that's unfair. Uh, we don't know the details. I can tell you that's a record player and two dresses. So uh, unless you're buying oh. a record player oh, or no. two dresses, you've got to cancel problem. my orders immediately. But interestingly, these items have got a reasonably high star rating, which may initially, according to this article, reassure prospective customers. But glancing at the customer reviews indicates the products are not true to size or have previously arrived damaged. <sighs> Okay, not true to size, I do have a little bit of an issue with because everything I try on in the last 10 years is not true to size. I don't even size. know what that means yet. Yeah, I don't know what the size is meant to be. I just, I go for big, large, I, you know, even large is just a bit large of a Large is nothing to me. XL is nothing to me anymore. It's at least 3XL or 6XL that I get on anything Amazon. It, yeah. it, it's madness. So true to size doesn't mean anything to me. But if something arrives and it's obviously not new or it's been opened or whatever, then, uh, you know, that's a different situation. I mean, in one way, I'm glad that Amazon are, you know, taking some sort of action on this. But at the same time, I think they should be more, um, yeah, yeah, more hardened on this and, and, and just remove it if there's an issue. Well, the article in The Verge gets a little bit... Uh uh, well, let's just say a little bit opinionated towards Amazon on this, um, because of course it's the biggest issue here with the f- returns, especially free returns, is the environmental cost, because ultimately they will either be resold, which is okay, or disposed of in landfill. And we've heard that story already about you know a lot of the stuff that gets sent back. And it's not only Amazon, a lot of online retailers do this, where a lot of the stuff ends up in landfill. Some of it could be resold, um, some of it isn't. But it was the pandemic that really rose the the return the surge in return rates, which well, it's, it, it's, uh, legally, apparently hasn't changed. Return, legally, return rates have not changed and have remained above pre-pandemic levels. Yeah, well, I mean, legally they've got to offer returns, right? If you're buying something sort of sight unseen online, mail order, they need to legally. I don't care where and you are. And they're very what, good at dealing with it. And uh, yeah, they're fantastic. I've never had an issue with them saying no. You're not sending that back. Um, but as as you said, what what you do with those returns? I, I think lots of people. I, I always look in the. Um, sorry, we're talking about Amazon, but anywhere really. I always look in the used and returns. In in case of Amazon, the Amazon warehouse returns. There's some really good deals on there with things that have just you know they they've been checked out, and that's the thing. So you know they're still safe. They're they're clean. Um, so maybe just the box has been opened, and there's just loads of stuff in there. But even I, I do have a problem with landfill. I mean, you know, if you can't resell them, then surely just give them away to a charity or something. There's got to be a better option than just chucking it in I a, agree. Yeah. a big hole. That That's the thing, right? I mean, it would actually make more sense to give 
these products away because what's the value in I mean in sending them to landfill it just doesn't look good for you as a company no matter who you are yeah. and if that product is not saleable if you can't I mean okay if it's damaged if it's broken that's one thing but if it can be if it's fixed I mean most of these things are not damaged I mean I, I think a lot of people buy stuff they look at it they go okay it's not what I thought and then they just send it back absolutely if that's, that's the right. case and, it, and like you say if it's not something that can be resold for you know, I mean, it's amazing some of the rules that exist around reselling. Like, for example, the box and how things look. And I don't care about the box. Yeah, it's a product does it I'm still work? In. Yes. Yeah. As someone licked it or something, then I don't want it. Is, is it also maybe to do with? <laughs> I mean, the the verge refers to twenty seven thousand people being laid off uh, to slash operational costs. You know, could it be partly because they're trying to you know to actually process these orders can be a challenge. I mean, I know, for example, how long it takes me to get a refund. And that's because of the time it must take to get, you know, through the system back in and then checked and they have to do what they have to do with it. Is it a case of just to speed the whole thing along and just send it straight to landfill and move on? I don't guess they have a lot of time to hang mm. about, you know? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I see what you're saying, but still it, it just doesn't, well, it isn't right. It's not no, a case not. it doesn't feel right. It's just not right. the right thing to do. Shall we get into some of the emails this weekend? Because there's lots and lots of emails coming in. And on lots of different topics as well. We're going to start off with Aaron. And as always, our emails are read to us by Laura. Hi, Stephen and Sean. I love the amount of diverse topics. It's a tech show, honestly, Mr. F, it is. Anyways, <laughs> Stephen, your Blindy horror story made me laugh so hard. Then it got me to thinking of my own recent horror story. So sit back, relax, and let me tell you a tale. <gasps> it was an early Sunday morning and I was running sound for my church. I heard some rustling and just ignored the annoying rattle. The primary volunteer, who usually mans the soundboard, came up and started talking to me. I then asked him who let the dog inside. His response was, that's not a dog, but my son. He likes to play underneath the table where the water bottles are kept. Oh. I apologised so many times within a minute that day. I find it funny and he often now brings it up and we laugh about it. Wondering how other blind musicians learn songs for church or just performance. I'm having an issue with this since I'm not getting tracks to listen to. May the source be with you. God bless. Aaron Linson. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got to say it's not um, it's it's not uncommon for us to have our moments. Um, I I once uh, here we go. Okay, uh, here we go. It's like a counselling session. I know here it always go. starts another one, doesn't it? It's like one just uh, begets another. Oh god! So I was. Oh, sorry, it was hashtag EBM, wasn't it? That's right. Embarrassing blind moments. Yes, was it? I thought it was blunders. Yeah. Embarrassing blind blunders. EBB. Uh, we'll work on it. Yep. Yeah. I prefer blunder. Anyway, um, it's my show. I decide. So, uh, so childish, so childish of me. My show. I decide. Um, so, yeah, I remember this one time I was standing outside a, a, a supermarket and I was standing next to uh, all the way along the outside. It was a kind of a, 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 a row of bollards and they were all kind of knee height. Okay. So not much higher than knee height. Mm-hmm. And um, that's better in many ways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yes, absolutely. Uh, but on this occasion, as I was standing there, I felt something touch my leg, and I thought, "Oh, that's interesting." And at, at that height, you're thinking it's a dog, right? I just I don't know why. I just thought it was a dog, and I could hear something rustling about. So I assumed <laughs> I it was a dog. Going. Yes. So I leant down and I patted the dog. Of course you did. And it was nice and furry, and I gave yeah. it a nice little ah. Oh, you're uh -huh. lovely. And as I stood up, I heard people <laughs> laughing. <laughs> and I, I turned around and I said, uh, sorry, a problem? Um, I missed a joke here, you know? And, the, and this woman came over and she said, I'm so, so sorry for laughing. She said, but it's just that I, I, I was quite warm. So I took my jacket off and I put it down on top of the bollard. <laughs> and it's one of those jackets with the furry hoods. Oh, Parker hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, that's what I boy. had. Pat, yeah, I told, I told that jacket it was a good boy. It could have been. I thought it was you were going to say it was uh, someone sat there with long hair. I mean, oh, I used to go into the clothes shops I think I've done and that when, as well when they had the tables with the folded you know t shirts and tops on them. And you know, mm. I've uh, when a member of staff was knelt down and, and folding things up. I've gone over and tried, you know, felt hit the, the top that they were wearing. And <laughs> eh, we've all done it. I've said, 
Sorry to mirrors. Ah, uh, oh, yes, I've done a lot. It's, oh, it's, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's so, <sighs> so good. Embrace it. You can't do anything about it. Laugh it off. I will say, though, I I don't know what this is. Is this a blind thing now? Is, is this what we're going to call it? I'm I'm learning as I go here that I'm going to have forever bruises on my arms for walking into what I think is the door, but, I, you know, thinking you're walking through the door, but you end up hitting the side you know, the, the oh, frame yeah. of the door. Yeah, is that a thing yeah. now? Am I just going to have to live with this? Because I feel I, I do it an I, awful lot. i tell you what I've noticed now since using the cane and uh, everything, that everyone wants to open the door for me. Yes. Everyone. And yep. I, 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 and the trouble is I don't have the, I don't know what the word is. I, I always say, oh, okay, thank you. Rather than say, no, please, honestly, it makes it more difficult to me because I, I don't know. I know where the door is and I can feel around, find the handle and open it myself. And I know exactly where it is. When someone's holding it for me, chances are I'm going to whack off that door in some way because they don't always open it fully and, you know, it makes it so much difficult. But you don't want to sort of say, actually, you're making life so much more difficult to me. Shut I know, just door. leave it alone. I know. <laughs> well, I... I, 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 I <laughs> oh my God, so many stories. I went through a door once and the same thing, the door opened and I said, thank you so much. Again, I heard laughter. <laughs> and the woman came running over. I was in the local chemist and she said to me, uh, actually, she said, just to let you know, she said, it's actually an automatic door. And I went, oh, okay. Well, that's not wrong. I'm, I'm thank- just very polite. I'm thanking the door. <laughs> polite as I am. You know, it's like, oh, here we go. You know, just walk about. And you, know, you, I think you don't even get red-faced anymore about it. You just go, oh, yeah, whatever. Yes, exactly. Anyway, let's go to another email. This is from Brian, who wants to talk about toothpaste. Oh, I think this is relating to you. Yes. Hi, guys. Thanks and appreciate your time reading my earlier email about Soundscape. Still not sure what the costs are in just leaving an app in the App Store for open use or access with an unsupported banner to stop support queries being generated all the time. Mm. It wouldn't inhibit anyone else still taking the open source to improve and relaunch in a supported new app version later either. So I still don't see why they have to pull it from the App Store. There are lots of unsupported slash obsolete apps in the App Store, those that have been made obsolete through not being iOS 15 or 16 compatible, for example, but they just sit there in the store. Anyway, only other comment was a reference to the toothpaste chat the other day. In an evening with friends where we ended up confessing to a shameful moment in our lives, my confession was one my friends still laugh about and relates to toothpaste. When I once squeezed some toothpaste one evening, I accidentally took too much and chose to squirt the surplus back into the tube. Oops. Ah, well, keep up the good work, guys. Brian in Stockport, Manchester. Okay. Uh, um, Um, I think that's following on from my love of my new electric toothbrush and you saying how difficult it is. Oh, yeah, you found that gadget which put the uh, toothpaste on your toothbrush. I I haven't bought it, obviously. Obviously, because it's ridiculous. No, 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 that's right. Well, I think that comes under the... uh, Does that come under the EBB moment or EBM moment? I don't know if does it. I don't know because that's a choice to do that, right? Yeah. I don't, does, does the blindness come into that? I, I don't I, think I, so. I, you can use it as the excuse if you want, <laughs> Brian. That's fine. I think that's okay. Um, that's just, an embarrassing just, Brian moment. Just a, <laughs> very good. <laughs> I, I will say though, just on the the um, soundscape question there, uh, I don't think Microsoft would be wanting to do that. I don't think they'd want to put a, a, an app out there that's unsupported like that and just leave it to die, essentially. Even if someone was to pick it up, I think it would make more sense for them to do what they've done, which is give the code over to people so they can use it. The costs are an interesting question, though, because I wonder what the costs are in running that app. I mean, this would be whenever someone takes it over, maybe we'll get the answer to this. Yeah, uh, because I'm thinking, well, maybe they're, uh, you know, they're digging in or connecting to some sort of external service for the mapping data, but I don't think they are. And of course, they've got their own mapping data anyway. They're a massive company. So I don't think it's that. Maybe well, they, they need- do, yes. Microsoft does. But of course, if someone's taking this app on, does it have to connect to... I mean, it, it has got root capability. Doesn't it use open maps? And is that free? Oh, that's free, yeah. Open source mapping, yeah. Right, okay. I think so. I don't know. Uh, but, but the... Um, I think it is an important question, and the whole Microsoft, we don't want to talk about it, I, I, that seems wrong to me. I'm, I'm slightly I'm, I'm disturbed by that. I'm going to say it. I am. Well, yeah, I suppose. I mean, I, I guess, you know, thinking about it from a PR point of view, 
I it's guess they probably good. don't want to talk about it just now. I mean, look, they don't want to say anything negative, but I think it would be good for them to release some kind of information on, you know, to explain why they decided to stop. It's not. It's yeah. not. Even if they don't, because I said this to the PR people. Look, if you even if you don't want to talk about it, if you want to prepare a written statement, that's fine too. I'm okay with that because look, I'd rather get some information about it. I don't want to hear boilerplate, you know, well, you know, we've lots of things going on and therefore, you know, it just came to the end of its time. I, I want to get some detail really about what happened here because if there is a lesson for us to learn around feedback or whatever, then that's fine. If there's a yes. lesson to be learned around the costs of running this app and I, I can't imagine that's the answer though because if it's cost related, they wouldn't put the source code out because that would come up in the future, right? That would come up again. Someone would say, well, hang on, this is too, far too expensive to create and run. And how can it be? Yeah, where does the cost come in? Maybe there's some sort of licensing for the um, 3D audio headset aspect of it. Maybe mm. there's some sort of licensing there, but I don't think there would be. But, hey, who knows? But I, I agree. I, I think we, we, I think the community as a whole... It makes us sound entitled, and I don't want to, but I think we deserve an, uh, a response to why that decision has been made because it's an amazing app. It's a victim of its own success, if you like, but um, I, I am going to miss it, and I think a lot of us will. Yeah, I'll be honest. I have been sitting thinking to myself, what is going to replace it right now? What could we use? There's nothing else really out there that's anywhere near as good as this. Um, no, there isn't. There, there just isn't. No. And I, I'm thinking... Uh, when when can this open source actually been be used? Uh, do we need to wait until it's dead and buried? Is it in June when it when it goes away, or or can someone be working on this right now? Could someone be doing something with this? And if so, is anyone? You know, I'd love to reach out if anyone's actually working on this and, and thinking about putting it out there. I have a feeling. We'll, I feel. I mean, by all accounts, there are people looking into this, so it's not as if it's not being considered. And I. I imagine it'll either be in june or july a new app just appears and i'll be honest i mean i'm not speaking for everybody here i'll speak for me i'll pay for it if they want you know a little fee for it per month or maybe it's a one-off payment i don't know maybe they, maybe they say it's five dollars a month or i don't know if that's too much but you know whatever it is you know i'd be willing to pay something of course to yeah, to i think so maintain something like this i kind of wish microsoft just gave us that option this is what I think is, is, is the annoyance. It's that if Microsoft had said, you know, if they'd contacted me, for example, and said, Stephen, look, we'd love to come on the show and we'd love to talk about Soundscape because we think we may have to make a decision about its future. Could we, you know, have a conversation and then your audience can come back and we can have a, a conversation about this? That would have been brilliant to do. Yeah. And, I, and I would encourage Microsoft or any company to seriously consider doing that because, look, we have, and I'm not joking around here, we've got a lot of people listening to this show a lot of people with lots of different viewpoints, lots of different takeaways on things. And it would have been a really interesting discussion to have just to say, okay, look, here's the roadmap. We don't think we can continue this. Maybe there's a fee involved. If we do bring in a fee, would that solve it? Would, would people be up for that? I think if most people, and certainly the response I see online, the response we get here about Soundscape would tell me people would be willing to put their hands in their pockets, reasonable amounts of money. To Absolutely, do that. and Microsoft would have made it reasonable. I mean, I, I, I kind of worry. I think the problem is that then we start to doubt what the future is of seeing AI. Are they going to just drop that as well? Well, exactly. I mean, yeah. You know, what's the difference there? What's the cost in seeing AI versus Soundscape? And should we be worried? I mean, um, if it's all about creating a project that shows again, it's that Surface, Microsoft Surface. I think about um, what Google does sometimes with the Pixel range is to essentially showcase the best of what can be, right? So this is the best example of a computer. Now, you know, that is the best example of a computer as a Surface and, you know, Dell and Lenovo and HP and Acer and whoever else will go uh -huh. off and create to the standard. Um, that's fine, but you're dealing with things here. <laughs> this isn't like that. This is not the same. There are not the same options out there. By taking Soundscape away, we've nothing left like it. Nothing. I've seen the AI goes okay. There's other options out there, I suppose, but well, I don't know. I just think I, I just think this is this is quite a big loss in our community. It is, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And so far, I think we've been pretty quiet about it. To be quite well, honest, we haven't. No, no, yeah, but still, I, there's been a, a bigger backlash about other things in our community. Uh, 
then then soundscape disappearing and i think it is a big deal and i just think you know microsoft are sort of missing uh what impact this has on us well look there's some people out there who are more interested in capitalizing the word braille than than they are in actually focusing on issues like this that actually matter this matters this affects people yeah. It affects my navigation. I don't I agree. If I weren't before, it's capitalised or not. Okay, fine, whatever, I don't care. It doesn't make any yeah. difference to me. Um, but, you know, it, the point is that this is this actually matters. So, you know, come on, Microsoft. If you're listening to this, and I'm pretty sure you are, then, you know, you might want to rethink, we- either rethink this from the point of view of, of actually coming forward and explaining what happened. Because I know you say you don't want to, I think you. I, don't I think to. you should. I don't want to, but I think you should. I think you should. I think you should come yes, up with something. We, we should, we should hear something. We're deserving an explanation, and we, I think you know the community is a reasonable community. We're, we're patient. We're, we are reasonable. So if it makes sense, absolutely fine. And so if there's I'm, a way, well, yeah, of course, it's the same in any group of people. But I was talking if there's, about you. yeah, oh, right, thank you. You're right. Look, <laughs> if there is a way to resolve it. And as you said, if that's a subscription model for maybe, you know, if you want to use your 3D uh, headphones with it, your AirPod Pros or whatever, then that's a subscription feature. If you just want to know what street you're on and when you turn the corner and which way you're going, um, an audio beacon, then that's a free version. Uh, If there's a way to resolve it, I think the, the, the want for this Soundscape app is more than out there. And, uh, we just want to talk to you. There, there's one all. benefit to all this, though, if you think about what? it, because one of the things that will probably happen with someone else taking it on is an Android version will come along. Because mm. the minute, you know, obviously up till this point, there was only That's the a very iOS good version. Point. Yeah, no, that is a really good point. That's a good thing. That could really benefit more people who, who could really do with this. You know, I think it's a really great app. We need a developer. That's what we need. I mean, does it make a difference what the source code is? I mean, what's this thing written in? Is it? Oh, I don't uh, think, well, surely. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't well, have thought so. Of course. They just, they, just, they just put it into a mixer and turn it into an Android. Stick it in chat, GPT. Can it do it? It probably can. Yeah. Well, we'll ask it. Okay. Yeah. I know nothing. Uh, right, listen, stick around. More of your emails coming up next. It's the Weekend Edition. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Right, let's get back into the emails, Sean. Lots and lots of emails. Kay talking to us today about Sense Player. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. First, On the HIMSS website, it says that the Sense Player won't be sold in the States until April. How did Jason know he could get one now? Second, maybe I'm missing something, but if you can connect it to an iPhone and you can get a scanning app on the iPhone and control it with the Sense Player, why would you need to buy a Sense Player with an OCR? I hope Jason will let us know if the bugs he spoke of are corrected. I thought Jason's presentation was really good. Kay. Thank you, Kate. Yeah, it was Kay's email we got. This is the one yes. that I was talking about on the show. I, I think I attributed this to Rebecca. <gasps> oh, yeah, you did. So I oh, apologize, Kay. Kay. Email yeah. in, tell him off. Yeah, um, I, I've, <laughs> I've told myself off many, many times. Um, well, the connect, yes. the connect feature is just an additional feature, right? Because the, basically this is a standalone device. Um, so you, you may, if you don't have an iPhone, for example, then using the uh, Sense Player with OCR as as its own device would 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 make sense. Am I am I getting that right? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it kind of goes back to what we said earlier in the week about this idea of if you wanted to. I mean, I'm, I use Voice Stream Scanner pretty much for all my scanning, all my scanning needs. Yes, and, it's excellent. Um, it's brilliant. Now I could use that with the Sense Player, but control. But this is the problem sometimes. If you put the iPhone in the stand, unless you've got a Bluetooth keyboard you're connecting up to it, it's the navigation part. You know, you're kind of trying to do everything almost upside down or you're kind of trying to, you know, it's not as easy as it might appear. So, you know, if you can put the phone into the stand, say a giraffe stand or whatever you were talking about earlier in the week, and then you use the Sense Player to control it, then that's pretty cool. And yeah, then you don't need to use the, you know, you don't need to buy the OCR version of the Sense Player. Yeah, Which but, I guess is why they've done that, right? They've given two options. So if you yeah, want to do that... Exactly. I think, you know what, if they were smart about if they were smarter about this is what I'd have done. I'd have said, tell you what, the, the sense or smart or whatever connect feature it's called, 
have that in the OCR version only. There you go. Now you can't get around that one, can you? Um, so there you go. You're just mean. Oh, that's mean, isn't it? That's mean. But and, that's okay, so, and how did Jason get hold of it if it's not on sale till April? Well, it's said he bought it in the States. Um, but I, oh. uh, he was at, um, maybe he was at CSUN, perhaps? And he got it there? I don't know. I yeah. also don't know. But We don't um, know. Jason, tell us. How Jason did you get me, hold of it? How did you get it? Unless it's not legal, in which case, keep it to yourself. Is that an official one? <gasps> it's a pirated one. It's a pirated sense player, <laughs> which is acting very well. Um, okay, let's go to another of your emails. Thank you, Kay, for that. Really appreciate that. Uh, here's another email again, read by Laura. Hi, folks. Am I going mad or hearing things, or is the BBC giving out fake news? I was listening to the news one day last week when a strange item came on. It was that AI was going after a patent for an invention that had been made purely by AI. This is a bit sci-fi to me. What next, as you said in your Friday programme? AI is a bit frightening. I must admit that I use Google a lot for my spelling as I am a very bad speller. I spell as I hear things and was always in trouble at school for that. What will AI come up with next? Maybe Star Trek is not so far away. Hologram doctors, teleportation, well, who knows? (laughs) Unless AI can think for itself without being programmed by us mere humans, we may be going into a world that AI can control the weather, peace between countries and even look after our health. Mind you, I still want my guide dog to be what it is now and not like canine from Doctor Who, a lump of square-shaped dog-like piece of metal that talks back. (laughs) Mind you, we have come a long way since Hadrian's Wall when we tried to keep out the marauding Scots. We now live in peace, unless it's a football match. Regards, Confused Frank. Oh, thank you, Confused Frank. Um, I do love your emails, honestly. I love every email we get. It's just brilliant. Um... Yeah, so AI is terrifying. Yes, absolutely. And can it can it create itself or create products by itself? <laughs> well, when you actually think about the logic of this, right? If you think that AI can create code, which can create yes. apps and all that kind of thing, it wouldn't take much if you think about it to be able to create code to build something and then actually print it out on a three D printer. So in theory, it could produce products. Well, it, it, when you it think could about create- it in that way. Um. It could create itself or other a, a better version, you know, create a better AI. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think you could get there at some point. It, it's already creating code, as you said, so absolutely. But I think Frank, Frank brings up a, a good point of, of, again, looking at the positives, because there is a lot of articles I've seen recently about where is this going to lead? There's lots of worry. And of course, you know, we need to think about the ethics of AI. But I think in, in general, there's a lot of positives that comes out of this. Maybe not world peace, but you never know. No, not probably not world peace. In fact, I would almost doubt that as a result of it. But um, I, I do. as long as it keeps the Scots out, we're fine. Yeah, keep the Scots out of everything. <laughs> is, it, is it just my family or the entire yes. country? Right, just to check. Okay, um, I, I do worry a little bit because I, I think there's more to be concerned about with this. Not not so much around things like because I think a lot of people worry about how this might be used nefariously by countries, by governments. I can kind of see where that can come from. But I think there's also more of a real everyday challenge, which is jobs and how jobs will disappear. I mean, you know, the the idea of someone reading the news on a radio station or someone who creates a story, you know, who writes a story or a blog or an article in a newspaper. You know, I think humans will always be part of this, but I think it'll be the technology that will ultimately take it on. At At this stage today... A journalist could feed in a little bit of information and then say, write me a story, right? That's one example. Yes, absolutely. Easily yes. could be done. I've done it myself. I've written in some topics. I've given in some bullet points, ideas that I've had. And I said, can we turn this into some kind of article? I'm not a writer, so I'm not going to pretend I'm a journalist. I'm not in that sense. But, you know, I'm, I, it can take what I've written, just basic rough notes, and turn that into yeah. something quite impressive. Yeah, and it is impressive, yeah, absolutely. You know, so if the basis is in is is original, the basis of the information you're giving is original, as in it's your reporting, it's your work, then I can see you know we're we're going to be using this as, as very much a as Microsoft calls it the co-pilot, and I think that's a really good way to look at it at the moment, and I think that's probably the smartest way to think about it, probably for the next few years. Yeah, yeah. As it gets smarter, though, um, I think ultimately we have to ask the question. <sighs> What does that look like? What does that look like when it gets too smart? Is it that it just sort of decides, like you sit down one day to write an article and it says, actually, I've written my own. What do you think of this one? Is that when we know we're doomed, when essentially it just goes off and just does its own thing? 
that's when we I think we're we're concerned about it. But that that still feels a little bit futuristic for me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, you could argue we're there already, right? There's so many web scrapers out there that can scrape through so many thousands and millions of websites and pick out an article. You know, there's so many automated websites out there that have no human interaction whatsoever. They're mm-hmm. self-running. Um, so the scripts and the software is out there already. But this AI adds another element to it. But I, I don't know. It's always just going to be a tool, I think. Absolutely, yeah. Well, it is. That is exactly what it is. Um, Frank, don't be confused. Everything is fine until, of course, it isn't. And then yes. that's that. Uh, right. <laughs> we'll let you know, though. We'll let you know. If we if we come on sounding like this, you know it's all gone horribly wrong, Frank. What, is that what it sounds like? Is that what we'll yeah. sound like as robots? Excellent. Okay. It's actually terrifying because the truth is we'll sound more like this than we will, you know, it won't, it won't be like this. We won't be this or a dog that's shaped like a box, you know, whatever. It's not going to be any of that. <laughs> You're talking about, uh, by the, the way, it, thing. as long as it doesn't sound like that TTS that you showed us the other week, which was absolutely terrible. What, when I sounded almost American English and sort of Scottish? It nothing like you. That was crazy. But yeah. that Steve Jobs was absolutely amazing. Yeah, that is worrying, isn't it? But... I'm sure they'll Worrying get there. Cool. Yeah, okay. They'll get there. Right, uh, let's get another email in. This is from Elliot. Hi again, both, and Laura. Thanks for the views on the Amazon Fire TV accessibility. Your thoughts concurred with mine that voice view should be on the TV. And like Stephen, I love ordering new tech and I had already placed the order. So fingers crossed, I will be able to turn voice view on from setup. Fingers crossed. I know you have previously spoken about the Apple TV, and in my opinion, the Apple TV is still the most accessible streaming device. VoiceOver seems to work with a lot more apps than VoiceView does on the Fire devices. Elliot, from Not So Sunny Pool today. Oh, Not Sunny Pool. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. I like that we get weather updates in our emails as well. we want the weather updates. I think you'll absolutely be able to um, turn on VoiceView during the setup. I don't think there'll be any issues there whatsoever. Can I make a suggestion? Can I just suggest that people just buy the Apple TV? I'm just I'm just putting out there. Sorry, just saying. You can just buy that instead. Okay, fine. Um <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the dog's come in. Hang on. <laughs> well, that's all right. I, I'm just, you know, ask the dog what it thinks. But I think if I'm honest, I would personally go down the route of the Apple TV. I just think, I mean, it's like it's like you're saying, Elliot, you know, the apps overall are so accessible. Um, now, obviously, there are limits to that because a lot of the games aren't accessible. Okay, fair enough, right? But think about all the integration that you get. And I, I by all accounts, in the latest beta for tvOS software uh, that Apple are releasing, they're improving Siri as well. Now, what that actually means, I don't know. I read an article this week about Siri and um, a really interesting conversation around what the future of Siri will be. And they're saying that Apple really won't have the capabilities that ChatGPT has and for another four years. Now, if that's true, if it's going to take four years to get Siri as good as or capable as uh, as ChatGPT is, then they're going to have to find a way of connecting the two. Now, of course, people have done that. They've done it themselves through shortcuts. You've done it, Sean, with your home pods. Yep. Um, but that's really the only way it's going to work because if we're not going to get that kind of capability, uh, capability from Apple for another four years, which, if I'm honest, sounds very Apple-like... <laughs> Um, that sounds like the way Apple would work on it. It would take a, a long time to get up there. And yes, by that point, it would be excellent. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just a bit concerned about the future of it. But in, in terms of you know the, the tvOS well, yeah. improving, that's, that's a good sign. Because as we know, Apple TV was very much a hobby project for a very long time. And to some, it still feels that way. But it's actually more capable than a lot of people give it credit for. I think it is the best, uh, when it comes to accessibility, the best streaming device out there now, the smart TVs have come a long way as well when it comes to accessibility of the the smart side of smart TVs. Um, I've, you know, on my Samsung TV, for example, there's lots of apps on there that are accessible: Netflix, Prime Video, and everything. But uh, it's not a hundred percent. Obviously, there are it's still an experience problem, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Whereas on the Apple TV, it's so much better, and it is you know, it's just a nice usable experience an accessible experience on the Apple TV. So, I, yeah, I totally agree. Nothing wrong with the, the Fire Stick, by the way, but it just doesn't feel quite as fluid and the, you know, the third-party app accessibility isn't quite as good. No, it's not. No, I, I, that, that's the biggest problem. It's not the UI. It's not the voice view. 
it's actually all right. I don't really have a major issue with the voice view. In fact, in no, some it's ways, okay. it's quite light. It's quite a yeah. nice little light screen reader. It doesn't really get in the way of anything. They have improved a lot of the accessibility in there. Um, I must admit, I haven't used a Fire Stick for a while. I think the one I've got is probably too old now to even upgrade to the latest software. The one you've got, I can guarantee you've got about oh, no, 15. I, I, I did have, I used to buy them, like, well, I used to get them, you know, for all the TVs would just put one in, you know, think, oh, well, yes. I'll have one. But actually, I wasn't overly keen on it at the early stages. But that, that's the problem. It's, it's, it's wonderful if you can use it to navigate the system and you only want to watch Amazon Prime content, then that's fine. But anything else... Well, I mean, Netflix works okay or on it, Disney yeah, Plus, it? the major streaming service. Well, the thing is, as, as well, you know, when I'm talking about accessibility, I'm also talking about the price. You can pick up a Fire TV stick uh, for, you know, what, uh, uh, when it's on sale for about 20 bucks, I right? This, 20, this bucks. I'm getting sick of this argument. I'm actually a bit tired of this argument. All right, because come on, everyone then, bring says, it on. Oh, yeah, no, oh, yeah fine, just it's cheaper, yeah. or so it's better. Yeah. Or at least no, it's no, cheaper, no. it's more accessible. It you know, yes. price-wise. Yeah, but if it's not working fully... It doesn't matter how much it well, nothing, costs. Nothing is 100%. There's, I'm sure there's apps on the Apple TV which aren't 100% accessible or, or accessible at all. Hey, Crossy sure Road, which I don't care about. <laughs> no, game. no, no, no. I'm sure there's streaming services on there which are just, you know, uh, no elements are accessible as well. Well, some again, of it, gets back to the, it gets back to the point about feedback, right? Because if more people are using a platform, and I'm not saying more people use an Apple TV because I don't know what the stats would be on that, Yes. But if people are used to Apple and they've got the Apple TV and they're using voiceover on it, then they're probably more likely to feed back because there's more of a community, I would say, using that. So they would have the experience. You know, I, I don't know. I just think it's... Um, look, the Amazon Fire TV sticks or even the Fire TVs themselves are going to have a much larger user base than the Apple TVs. They must get much more feedback. But do, does it make any difference? Well, I'm sure more people in the blind community have the Fire TV stick than the Apple TV. Now, there's an interest in this. Mm. We should do a poll. That is that is actually a great idea for a poll, yeah. We should put, I'll put that up on my Twitter account. Oh, right. Can you do polls on Mastodon? I, I, I wouldn't know because I'm not on there. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. well, Sorry, we can't take part in uh, polls unless we subscribe to Twitter, though. That's the trouble. What do you mean? That's the new thing, isn't it, from Elon? It? Unless you unless you subscribe to the uh, verified account, you can't take part in any polls. What? So you need to pay the seven dollars a month <sighs> to be able to take part in. Yep, yep. That's what he's done now. Oh, I'm on the side of Greg now. That's it. Ban it. That's get rid of it. Absolutely ridiculous. Out. I'm Just make a difference. I'm going to I'm going to write a big long letter <laughs> to myself and post it on Twitter saying, "Here's my eight million reasons I'm leaving Twitter." There you go. From the fifteenth of April. And also, you won't see any posts Damn. in the For You tab or, or timeline uh, from anyone who isn't a verified subscriber as well. So there you go. Just, you know, it's, it's forcing people He's to killing pay. It. Well, this is the thing. I mean, I saw another article yesterday, another diatribe from someone raving on about the fact that it was dead. It's not dead. Would you stop? It was TechCrunch. It was TechCrunch. It's not dead. We stopped saying that. But here's the thing. He is he's definitely taking the knife out and going a bit a little bit scream on it. You know, he's kind of like, you know, stab stab, stab stab. Um, well the argument he's giving actually on, on the on the face of it is is reasonable, saying that the only way to get rid of all the bots and, you know, also sort of going back to our last question, really, automated unmanned accounts, dummy accounts, is to make them paid accounts so there's not someone out there who can release a thousand uh, bots to create a thousand different twitter mm. accounts right that's not a great argument though because the truth is a lot of people who are creating the bots they usually scam accounts right so if they're making money off the scams then they can easily pay to have the fake account that's well, the problem it depends i mean setting up a thousand uh, Seven dollar a month accounts does make an impact on how much they they're going to return on a scam account. I I, I don't know, uh, but depends then again, who's behind it. I'm not naming it, anybody. But, you know, there's it's, certain countries out there that might want to do that that may already all, be doing it. It's not always about making money. That's right. It's always about there's also yeah influence, disinformation, yeah. whatever lies. Sorry, as you like to call yes. it. Yeah, call it what it is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, this is tricky. Um, and this is where I think, you know, people who are on the Mastodon on side of things at the moment, they're kind of like feeling okay about life because, you know, there maybe feels a little bit more control, especially because it's local servers and they, they can see a bit more. They can be a little bit more connected with people. And I think they've got a bit more control over all that. But 
I don't know. Mm. I just, again... And it will, it will mature. I, I just th- really I think, want Twitter to... I, I want Twitter to succeed, not because of Elon I Musk. I just think it's a great platform for what the capability of getting the word out to so many people at once. There's and it's already else established, like right? And there's there's there. a large exactly. user base there. Mastodon just hasn't got yet, but Mastodon will, you know, yeah, it will even mature. If it did, even if it did, Mastodon is not Twitter. It's just not Twitter. And no, I don't, no, I don't no. care how many analogies you throw at me, not you, but other people <laughs> throw at me about, you know, oh, it's a planet in a universe and it's a thing and it's a school and it's a room and it's a place. It's not, it may be yeah, all those things. it's very similar. I mean, when you say it's not Twitter, it's not like for like, like you can't do polls on it as far as I know yet. Um, but it is very similar as the social platforms go to Twitter. But if I post something in oh, Mastodon, here we go. it goes to my server... <laughs> We've had this question before. But it doesn't seem to get to others, but then it does based on, I don't know, if a guy's wearing a pointy hat on a Tuesday yes. or whatever yes, it I is. I haven't used it. it I don't know. But we, we are going to try it, aren't we? We are, we're going to try yeah, it. Yeah, we are. We'll set, we'll set up our show on there and we'll see what happens. And yes. we'll probably get kicked off. Uh, you will, With definitely. Luck. I'm all right. I just never toot. Well, that's, yeah, you're hopeless at this. <laughs> I know. You yes. to really need to sort this out. Oh, we didn't talk about this. Oh, yeah. Hang on. What a segue. Breaking, Breaking news. Breaking news. Find this to go. <laughs> this is how this show works. It literally depends on what my brain capacity is on any given day. Um, so, yeah, the, the big news is that a number of, I say a number of two in particular that I've tested, uh, Twitter third-party applications seem to be working. Should I be saying this? Will Elon hear this? Can you just yeah, keep wipe it quiet. them out again? Don't tell um, him. Chicken Nugget and Spring on the Mac side. I've tried it on the Mac. I haven't got it on my iPhone anymore. Uh, when I tried to download it from the Apple Store, or sorry, from the iOS App Store, it wasn't there, or at least I couldn't find it. So maybe it's gone. Maybe they've pulled it. But um, but it seems to be working again. And I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. we've got no feedback on this as to why it could have happened again. But it well, seems Gordon to- Anthony is the only source I've seen on this who earlier in the week said he had an update to the Spring app, I guess on your iPhone, Gordon, and he said it was it started working again. It just it connected again to his account and he was able to use it. And I've just, I actually authorised it again. I downloaded it from the Mac App Store. I downloaded the app, I connected up again, did the whole authorization thing, and it's working. So... That's interesting. I also installed Chicken mm. Nugget again on my, my PC. It's working again too. So I don't Do know. Do we actually know if Chicken Nugget went down? I'm assuming I, it did I, because I, it seems like... I don't think it did. I don't think it did. But I don't know why that would be the case. Why would that? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know. We, we need... Um, maybe if the developer of Spring could get back to us and uh, let us know. We should reach out. Yeah. With both hands. Yes. And touch faith. Anyway, Johnny Cash, what a lovely, lovely fella. Yeah. Finally, an email from Pete. Hi, guys. And gal, all hail to the voice of email Laura. I was wondering if the show might be getting the Envision folks back on the show to talk about the newly announced AI power in their glasses. If so, it would be interesting to hear their thoughts and plans about Google's latest cost-cutting efforts, ending supply of and giving an end-of-life date on support for the Google Glass Enterprise glasses, which um, I think Envision might be using somewhat. Hmm. Will Laura read that emoji? Side note from Laura. No. <laughs> By the way, we've not heard for some time about Stephen's Friday exercises with his PT. For a minute after the gravy shirt moment, hashtag EBB, I thought it was no more. Oh, it was. But has he yep. sneakily set up another venture in another part of the country? There appears to be a company called Stephen Scott Fitness and Nutrition. Next, we will learn Sean is secretly a dancing on ice dance instructor. Obviously, these things haven't been mentioned on the show because hashtag it's a tech show honest. Loving the show and looking forward to the upcoming echolocation fight off. A great idea for a new blind sport, perhaps. Only one thing left to say all together now. God bless you, Mr. F. Mr. F. Cheers. Uh, Excellent, Pete. Thank you. Um, Thank you for clarifying that it is EBB. So it must have been embarrassing blind blunder. Well done. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued what that emoji was now. I have a I feeling. Know, Laura, I, I mean, you're dropping the ball. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to pick on you live on air, but um, you should have read that out. There, I've said it. Um, the Envision folks. Yeah, no, I have reached out to them because with this news of Google Glass and, and I love you, Laura. Yes, thank yes. you, Laura. God bless you, Mrs. Laura. Laura. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
we have reached out. So I'm hoping to hear back soon and we'll get uh, get Karthik on again. It would be great to hear Karthik or one of his team on talking about what's new and what's going on at Envision, especially with this AI announcement as well. That's very interesting. But yeah, the Google Glass story, I don't think it's going to massively impact. I, will, I do remember when we talked to Karthik before, one of the things he said was they were very platform agnostic when it came to Envision. So they weren't tying themselves entirely what to What else is Google. out there? Well, I mean, that's <laughs> Peter yes, is absolutely year. right. What what other choices? Are, the, the Google Glass, no matter your thoughts on how mainstream and how well they've been handled, they are a really good fit for us, and yep. particularly Envision with the camera and, and running on the uh, device themselves. What else is out there? I don't know. Well, nothing yet, not really. I mean, there are a couple of options coming up. I don't know how they fit in with Envision. I mean, the one is that we remember. The, I can't speak today. The remember, <laughs> I can't, still can't speak. Remember, <laughs> there we go. Uh, at the start of the year, we had about a company called Celeste. Uh, yes, which, uh, yeah. Canada, and I haven't heard anything from them since. Uh, they promised mm. they were going to come on. We were hoping to hear about products at this point of the year, but nothing well, yet. So let's hold our breath till WWDC, and maybe we'll have our answer to that. Well, that's a conversation in itself, because as that comes closer, I think it's time to have that conversation that we need to have around what this will be and what it actually will do. I have a feeling we need to get Robin Christofferson and Michael Babcock on here, who will all have viewpoints on this, because Uh I think that there's a really interesting conversation to be had around what these glasses will do. If it's VR, I am totally confused because I don't yeah, know what that's about with Apple. And I'm sure they have an answer, and I'm sure we'll all go, oh, wow, or sighted people will go, oh, wow, and we'll go, oh, right, whatever. Um, or it's mixed reality of some kind, and it's something we can wear as we move around. I am really intrigued, but I'm more intrigued in, in what the, the realities are with this and what it could and maybe be. I, I, do you remember the, the times when they were really showing the AR abilities and they had all that that game which was on a table yep. with people jumping off Lego, the table? Lego, wasn't it? Lego? Whatever it was, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. But of course, you're holding an iPad up to your face or an iPhone, you know, a small window onto AR. I, I can see them bringing out a virtual reality headset which does that stuff in-house. But the thing is, the Google Glass, you could easily wear them out and about, and that's where they make a huge difference to us, yeah. being able to wear them out and about. And um, With a VR headset, you're not going to wear that outside. So that is very important what these are going to be. I don't know yet. Keep your feedback coming. Email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. Call us one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. We're back on Monday. We'll be joined by journalist Charlotte Henry again from the edition on Substack. She'll be joining us to talk about her latest article, which is all about TikTok and why governments around the world are huh? getting so freaked out about TikTok. I want to get a bit more understanding on this. We talked a little bit about it this week, but I kind of want to hear a bit more about it from someone who actually knows what they're talking about. I know. Blasphemy on this show. I know, it's shocking. Breaking news. Breaking news. (laughs) Coming soon to a uh, uh, ear near you. Uh, Right, that's it for today. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening as always. Sean, have a wonderful weekend and I'll catch you Monday. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. The Walrus is Canada's conversation and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.